0: Read the Future Conversations is providing this podcast for educational purposes only. Read the Future is a nonpartisan not-for-profit. It neither takes any position on any political issue nor endorses any candidates, political parties or public policy proposals. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by Read the Future. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by Read the Future employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of Read the Future or any of its officials.
1: Hey, welcome to Read the Future Conversations. Uh, This is episode six with Tyrone Bassi. Uh, Tyrone, please uh, introduce yourself and then I'm going to go into um, further as to how uh, this conversation will be uh, facilitated. (laughs)
2: Yes. Uh, thank you, Derek. Uh, it is, uh, an honor and I'm very happy to be on your podcast. Uh, so, uh, my name is Dr. Tarun Bassi, and I am practicing currently in Phoenix. Uh, I came to the United States in 1998. Uh, I did my residency here and then, uh, got both certified in internal medicine and later on in obesity medicine, which is basically medical weight loss. Um, I stay with my family here and I love the weather here in Arizona, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So happy to be here and talk about a major crisis uh, in the country and in the world, which is obesity.
1: Wow, wonderful. Lots of lots of um interesting background there. I mean, you say you were from India, right? But to really go into how this conversation will be facilitated, we are going to be discussing four topics, um obesity and society, um uh, medical school practices with obesity education. Um, government role on obesity and personal and um, Dr. Bassi's pers- personal um, 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 uh, uh, pursuit for obesity uh, to combat obesity with his own entrepreneurial solutions. Uh, Dr. Bassi, where, where would you like to uh, where would you like to start? Would you want to first go into obesity and society?
2: Oh, yes, Derek. Absolutely. So uh, as you know, obesity is uh, kind of a pandemic, just like COVID is, and the rates of obesity are rising all over the world. Uh, We are obviously going to focus on the crisis here in the United States. Um, So as you know, most of the chronic uh, diseases that we encounter, and um, in my practice and other physicians, such as heart disease, diabetes, uh, high blood pressure, cholesterol, and even some which we don't hear about, like infertility, arthritis, fatty liver, they all have their roots in obesity. Um, and um, most of the patients I see, they are struggling with these diseases and uh, they don't know what to do. Um, and my goal as a primary care physician and as an obesity specialist is to guide them. Um, we basically use uh, the fundamentals of uh, Treating obesity, which is uh, advice them regarding behavior change, uh, nutrition, physical activity, and at times uh, some medications which are FDA approved. Um, what I see is that the cost of healthcare, as we know, is rising. Uh, but uh, the where the money is spent and where it's not spent is the disparity. Right now, we're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on knee replacement, spine surgery, treating. Um, Heart bypass surgeries and all, and much less money on the root cause, which is obesity. So, I think that has to change if we need to change the rate of uh, obesity, which is rising. Um, Arizona in 2020 was touching almost 30 percent. 30
1: percent obesity rate,
2: yes. Uh, we Um. rank uh, pretty low in terms of uh, the states which are doing better on top, so um. I think if we all do our part and educate people how to get healthier and to uh, not be obese or overweight, that would be very helpful.
1: So what do you think is like one of the biggest barriers in terms of like people making that decision to like choose to be healthier? Do you think it's just um, like food insecurity or is it mostly a matter of um, personal decision making that is really um, impacting obesity radio in Arizona?
2: So Derek, that's a great question. I think it's a, it's a combination of uh, or many factors. Uh, so definitely uh, because of COVID and disruption of supply change, we all saw how expensive things have become. Um, and that impacts mostly uh, the minority population, the colored people, people like me who are from uh, different part of the uh, world than Americans, um, things have become more expensive and people uh, obviously have a limited amount of money, uh, especially uh, people who don't make a lot of money. So the place where they compromise is on food. Um, and they end up buying cheap, processed, unhealthy food rather than food which is healthy, but unfortunately more expensive. In addition to that, there is also... Uh, personal uh, issues such as uh, lack of enough physical activity, uh, lack of enough sleep, increased stress in life relating to so many conditions.
1: But during the pandemic, people were at home a lot, right? I mean, uh, of course, gym were closed, uh, all those things. And that created a huge demand for food and which created the food insecurity, as you're saying, in in Arizona as well. And... Like just to get get your opinion, guy. Right? Like, I mean, like, um, do parents sort of like have to be become more more like hands on into how their children are dieting, or should it necessarily be a matter of like we need to reintroduce um, going to going to the park more often to really sort of come come combat childhood obesity. Uh
2: so yes, parents play a huge role because, as you know. Uh, most of the decisions that are taken in the household are by parents, not by the kids themselves. Uh, So what food comes in, uh, how much uh, parents uh, encourage physical activity, uh, how much the kids are spending time on uh, their phones and iPods and all, instead of going out and doing at least 60 minutes of physical activity. Uh, Those things make a difference as well as, uh, kids looking up to their parents and seeing that they are doing exactly what they should not be doing that which is sitting in the house watching tv or bringing the wrong kind of food uh it all affects the kids uh, thinking and what they take into adult life
1: and is there ever such a thing as too much exercise i mean i think we get that first of like man i need to let my body rest um and 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 that creates a lot of um like um, mental laziness right in your practice like have you ever told any of your patients you 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 know you shouldn't exercise too much
2: well i hope that day comes when i have to tell them to slow down but in my practice i see the opposite i, I mostly end up encouraging them to do more but you're right derek there is such a thing as too much exercise because really Exercise is kind of a stress to the body, and um, too much stress to the body can be harmful in many ways. Uh, physically, hormonally, hormonal changes can happen. So there is such a thing. Everything should be in moderation, and everything should be based on your uh, tolerance. Uh, uh, so yes, you have to be cautious that when you prescribe exercise, uh, you do it based on that person's capability, uh, resources, and time. So, but I wish that day comes when I have to p- ask my patients to do less.
1: Let's, let's try to try to get now like a much more, like let's look at the bigger root cause of obesity, right? Like we have doctors that, I mean, like isn't it the doctor's job to really combat obesity and, and if doctors are, and, and if this problem is really um, persistent, then doesn't that mean that there's some problem going on at in in medical schools, or what am I liking here? My question necessarily is like, like do medical school prioritize obesity education? And
2: so, yes. Uh, again, uh, an excellent question because. Uh what we do as doctors especially in earlier years of practice is mostly based on a medical training and i need i must admit that uh, our training in medical school and even in our subsequent residency program regarding how to combat obesity is uh, not very good um it's we don't we don't pay much attention or uh, maybe i should say not as much uh, importance to Um, managing obesity with uh, physical activity, diet, behavior. So the training is uh, not very good. It's very good for acute conditions, but for chronic conditions, including obesity, I think there needs to be much more training done at the medical school and residency level
1: why do you think there's no much training and and like, it sounds like there's going to be demand for all this like obesity like education in the future right like and and what you're telling me is that medical schools so <laughs> like, it, like it, it it doesn't come together to me because if there's going to be a, a huge demand for obesity solutions in the future then wouldn't it be reasonable for like a um, president, well, if Michael Kerr was li- was listening to, to this, how would he advise um, his medical school dean um, into really sort of like pre- preparing to doc- doctors?
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, there should be more importance because obesity is on the rise. And as I mentioned earlier, it's the root cause of most of the chronic medical conditions. But the way our training was in med school, uh, it was rigorous and mostly allopathic, which is what we are trained in. Uh, we focus mostly on the symptoms and the conditions. Uh, what needs to be done more is to look at the person as a whole, as we call it as mind, body, and spirit. And we need to get to the root cause of the disease. In this case, uh, it as in most uh, chronic medical conditions, uh, root cause is, as I said, one of the root causes is obesity. So we need to be more holistic in our approach rather than symptom-based um, approach that we are currently having, which mostly works for acute conditions.
1: Interesting. Like, So there's a huge perspective going on in medical schools in terms of like preparing doctors for a problem that is really causing havoc in um, society. And, I mean... I, is that, because when you went to medical school, I'm not sure what year that was, Um was that necessarily, what year was that, if you don't mind me asking?
2: Oh, I was hoping it won't come to my <laughs> <laughs> the time, but I was, uh, yeah, I, so I passed out from med school in 1991, so that was like ages ago, and um, um, I did my med school in India, which was very, very good. However, as in United States at that time, the training in obesity was not there. And uh, then I came here and uh, I did my residency. And again, the training for obesity was not in the curriculum.
0: So like,
2: sorry, I mean like
1: no 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 uh, like like no worries. Like then like if you're saying that there's all this demand for obesity, then like how would you? Advice a um a college freshman that is that wants to go to medical school and be a doctor, right? Like, I mean, is it a matter of oh, that wants to really tackle obesity in his com- com- community? Um, a freshman, a college freshman, a college se- senior. Um, oh, like, how would you sort of like advise somebody that is pursuing a career um in the medical industry as a doc- doctor? <laughs>
2: So I think, uh, uh, in my opinion, uh, the training should become at the grassroots level, which is in the medical school, um, if not even sooner, that is colleges when the kids should be taught about the value of healthy nutrition, the value of uh, good physical activity. Um, so I think it should be, at least in the medical school, it should become part of curriculum uh, to focus on the four pillars. Like at least the three pillars of uh, treating weight loss, which is um, good nutrition advice, um, which is lacking, uh, good physical activity advice, um, which is again lacking. And the way people look at food, sleep, stress, uh, if we start inculcating it from a medical school level, uh, I think we can have our medical st- students when they graduate and go for their residency, much more better, much better prepared. To deal with uh, obese patients and how to help them um, deal with their uh, chronic medical conditions.
1: Right. So, com- please con- continue with what you were talking about uh, with medical school and and um, also like um like what's your advice uh, to um a college freshman or a college junior that wants to go study medical, that wants to go into medical school, any um, tips on how to get into medical school? Uh,
2: Absolutely. So uh, I think, uh, let me answer the first part of the question, which is what can we do to increase awareness and knowledge of medical students uh, regarding obesity? Uh, I think uh, uh, we we all read books. Uh, which was supposed to make us more intelligent and knowledgeable, uh but what actually taught us is life uh We were exposed to life, and that's what teaches us most. so I think as a college student, they should rotate um, um, w- they should ro- they should have a rotation uh for obesity medicine wherein they can uh, shadow uh, a physician who practice obesity medicine to get more knowledge as to how we actually deal with uh, obese and overweight patients in real life. Uh, In addition to having some good books in the curriculum, and I have a few (laughs) recommendations, Uh, but I think that would prepare them better rather than just uh, uh, reading books and just facing um, the reality when they pass out. Awesome. Then the second part was about what is my advice from uh, somebody in college uh, trying to become a physician. Well, first thing I'll warn them that it's a very long and hard road, so <laughs> be prepared. Uh,
1: I didn't go. To, take, I didn't take that that route, but um.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's uh, it's if you're looking at getting out of college quick and making good money, uh, forget about med school because that's a long ride. <laughs> uh yes in the end you you would be really good at uh, what you do and if that's what you really want to do absolutely but uh, be prepared for the long haul you need endurance and you need to really like um medicine uh and what it brings um and not just the uh, Um, money and other things that come with it and these days the money is not that good but uh, what we're saying you should really like what you do uh, that includes the love for medicine I
1: mean like in general like in summarizing right it sounds like for me as like it's, so someone that doesn't have um, any medicine like practice experience, it sounds like obesity really boils down to like personal de- decision maybe making, where um you really cannot inject like anti-obesity medication into someone. <laughs> but wait, can you?
2: <laughs> well. I wish, but no. that's right. so, like that magic like, uh, induction it, that we it are waiting really
1: for goes down to the whole like personal decision making. I mean, like at least for us right now in the 20, 20, 21st century, 2020, 2022. What is the patient doing to really like um combat those psychological um 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 set, setbacks? So like quick question to you: like, do government or state programs to reduce like obesity work like do those work or is it just more wastage of money
2: i think as with most government programs uh, a lot of them are misdirected so there is definitely uh, <laughs> a waste of money at uh, different <laughs> levels but uh, that's because government is not perfect as uh, we all know uh, there are some programs that government runs which are good but on the other hand uh, there is much more work needs to be done for example um Currently, the access to and the pricing of uh, cheap ultra processed foods um, is, uh, is much easier and cheaper to get those foods rather than the healthier, unprocessed whole foods. Um, and I'm not sure if government can do everything, but at least they can try to make uh, these whole foods uh, unprocessed, um, more accessible to patients who cannot afford them.
1: when you say more accessible right like do you mean uh, because if you're trying to make like more whole food more accessible you have to also look at the supply chain of it um like if for example like whole food market uh versus trader joe's right trader joe's uh uh cater to their customer price demands while whole food caters to their um suppliers demands. so like like, how can government sort of, like, work in in between those those two different mechanisms of supplying whole food?
2: So, I never said it's going to be easy. I, I, I know we're yeah, a yeah. capitalistic country and, you know, government has only this much reach uh, against these big... Uh, stores uh on the government part i think they can at least do a few things uh they can probably uh, lower their own taxes on um whole foods and uh the the unprocessed uh foods that people have access to so it's at least a little more uh, affordable and maybe i again i'm not in policy and i'm not uh, i don't know the workings of how government works, but maybe they can tax the processed or ultra processed food more. Uh if wait, possible they said taxing
1: on GMOs more than non wholesal food than, than whole wait. wait, did I get that right? That sounds like okay. What what do you mean by that? Like what do you think would kind of like come out of, like, taxing, um, say, um, Walmart, not to pick on Walmart here, but, like, taxing food from Walmart or food from, um, wouldn't that just make it more expensive for people to find, um, um, like, a- accessible um, food?
2: Well, yes. So, I agree. Um, it, it may not be uh, easy to raise prices, but at least they can lower the prices. Um, or maybe offer some incentives to, uh, people who are not making enough money to make some whole foods accessible, um, and- making maybe bridge the gap between unhealthy, unprocessed cheap food versus a whole, un- a whole, uh, unprocessed healthy food, a little less. That so makes that when sense, I have yeah. to make a choice, when I have to make a choice in this, uh, uh, when inflation is so high and i have to make a choice at least i don't have to compromise uh nutrition um in that
1: so compromising nutrition uh in high inflation is really one of the biggest um prom- promoters for obesity then that's what it it all comes down to because so uh, you have your your patients that you are really like seeing every day, it sounds like they are really rich that bottleneck up. Like they don't want to compromise their nutrition anymore. Correct.
2: So uh, as I mentioned earlier, nutrition is only one of the pillars um, that we, um, that your health is based on. You also have uh, physical activity. Uh, you have your behaviors. Um, you have uh, stress, you have lack of sleep, uh, you have hormones, you have gut health. There is so much uh, contributing to obesity that those days of blaming the patient are gone. Uh, You cannot blame the patient for gaining weight anymore. There's so much going on within themselves that we need to explore. What are the other causes that could be causing them not to lose weight? Because I don't think I can meet, I I, I've found anybody so far who likes to gain weight. It's just that they are just struggling to lose weight.
1: Then I mean, I, this sounds like a huge cash cow for me as an entrepreneur and a capitalist. I'm like, man, there are all these demand for solutions. Um, how can I make money off it? So, like, uh, going back now to you, is like, um, like, how did you really sort of like walk your way towards basic Clinic because you were really combating um a suicidal Paul. Problem with an entrepreneurial solution. So, please walk the audience as to how you um, gravitated towards um, towards really starting basic clinic. Uh, yes,
2: yeah, so um, I was just like with and just like any other primary care physician, tried to manage uh, chronic medical conditions by treating their symptoms, their labs. Uh, before I realized, uh, after meeting a few colleagues who were practicing obesity medicine and reading more about obesity, uh, read some really good books by Dr. Fung, uh, understood obesity and realized that we are missing the big picture, which is uh, trying to find the root cause. Uh, I was treating all these uh, patients with chronic medical problems uh, without realizing what's really contributing to it and how to approach it. Uh, so I decided that I am going to make myself better informed um, and uh, be able to help my patient um, as a whole person, not just based on their symptoms. So then I uh, got board certified uh, through the American Board of Obesity Medicine um, and got more knowledgeable. It gave me the tools to deal with uh, this uh, this uh, epidemic of obesity. And uh, so once I had all that information, then I just incorporated it uh, into my new practice, which I opened last uh, uh, September. Um, I was only practicing um, internal medicine, but then because I had this um, knowledge now to help my patients, I combined internal with obesity medicine.
1: So. Like, what sort of impact have you seen among your patients that you think has made a difference in, in their life, whether it's positive or negative or neutral? And, and like, is that impact contrast to like um, federal programs? Like, do you think your impact is more um, oriented to generate um, long term solutions?
2: Uh, So uh, the biggest difference between a federal program and a primary care solo practice like mine is the the one is to one interaction. Um, I am not only seeing an impact on my weight loss patients, but also see an impact on my uh, primary care practice where I am able to uh, as I said earlier, um, treat the patient as uh, a whole, not just based on their lab numbers or their symptoms. Um, so I am able to advise them about their nutrition, about the importance of staying physically active, about how they, how much they sleep, how much stress is playing into their life. And it's, it's helping them become healthier, uh, whether they're in my weight loss program or otherwise, and in in the way they are losing weight, getting a better control over their chronic medical problems. So I think uh slowly and st- steadily I'm making a big difference.
1: That is remarkable too, Yerda. Like I mean, one clinic can have such a huge impact in in a variety of lives. And when you go now into really um, looking at the entrepreneurial solutions. Of, uh, would you encourage that like um, in medical school, medical students should really try to see the entrepreneurial lens of obesity, contrary to um, supporting more government um, programs? Or is it a matter of having medical school students um, become more aware of the societal um, um, implications of obesity?
2: So I think it should be a little of both. They should understand obesity, what causes it and its implication and the health cost to the society. That's one. Uh, The other thing is to uh, see if we can uh, make any difference uh, going forward um, in the society by uh, getting more knowledgeable and treating it. So I think uh, going forward, it uh, would make a big difference if we are more prepared from medical school, and then going forward, uh, if we can incorporate it it in the business model. As you know, the business training uh, for medical students and residents is zero. We were never trained how to be entrepreneurs, how to open a business, run a business, and we were just trained on medicine and left alone and just go and practice it but uh, I wish when I was in med school or I was in residency we were trained more on how to run a business how to be an entrepreneur it would have really helped so I think that should be an important part of curriculum for um, medical students and for residents. I
1: mean, like it sounds a lot like there's 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 a lot of optimism for for the future of for future doctors. I mean, um, I myself had to really sort of make the decision early on in, in my life to really commit to staying healthy, um, sure. because. Um, the outcomes would have really been catastrophic, right? And I'm still struggling, right? I mean now and then I have to really sort of like readjust to make sure that like, yes, I am doing the right things. So I go through set downs. But um in your own sort of personal life, you're like, how have you sort of seen, seen um your own um like um um, passion for, um, to really, uh, uh use your knowledge to help, um, others. do you think this has helped you in your farm, help your family or has it just been a matter of paying the bills? Uh,
2: so again, excellent question. Uh, so, uh, during this journey, uh, from a medical school to residency, practicing medicine, uh, internal medicine for 15 years before, uh, embracing obesity medicine and treating my patients, uh, for both, uh, the chronic medical problems and obesity, I've grown myself. Uh, and along me, uh, I've brought about changes in the family too. We are practicing what we preach. So, uh, I have become much more active, uh, than I was before. Uh, we are very, very careful about what we eat because, uh, we are what we eat. Uh, food right, is right, the right, yeah. So, uh, That said and done, we have tried to focus uh, also on the other factors such as sleeping well, uh, keeping stress levels low, social interactions, uh, all those things play a huge role. So I think, yeah, it has helped us become healthier while we are um trying to achieve the same goals for our patients
1: that is phenomenal because you really mentioned a very critical word there, which is practice what you preach i think um today one of the biggest issue that going going back to the whole like obesity being a personal um dilemma right it's like man i you can say you're going to eat healthy you can say you're going to like you know exercise but if you don't actually take take the action to recognize or to acknowledge that like yeah Man, okay, I really have to just, I think, go for a walk a little bit, and instead of being stressed and on and on unhappy, so that thing is a very critical mantra. Practicing what you preach. Uh, yeah, Doctor Bassi, like, so just one more final question to you, right, to wrap this, to wrap it up all. Um, obesity and literacy, right? Like, how would you sort of like encourage? like how would you like integrate literacy with obesity and how has literacy um really been a tool or um a guiding point for you in your life
2: so literacy uh, is uh, very very important and i thank you for um uh, encouraging people to become literate and having this platform where you are Um, helping other people get literate uh, and literacy leads to better understanding of things. uh, And that includes uh, your health, uh, including obesity and um, healthcare practices. So as we can, if we can increase literacy in population, they become more aware of their health. Uh, They become, they are able to read things such as reading labels, reading information uh, available across the board. Uh, I think with literacy comes better understanding. So uh, if people can be more literate, they can understand um, things much better, including what is good for their health, what is bad for their health, what kind of a diet is better, what kind of diet is bad. Um, And uh, I think it's better to uh, have people literate to improve their overall health.
1: Well, thank you. And one more, um, how can uh, our audience get in contact of in contact of you? Should they uh, visit bassiclinic.com? Uh, yes.
2: So uh, we're based uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, the name of the clinic is Bussy Clinic, uh, and the website is Bussyclinic.com. But uh, if there are any questions, um, our phone number is 602-354-3311. Also, uh, uh, if anybody has any questions, uh, they can reach me at Tarun, which is my first name, as in T-A-R-U-N, at basiclinic.com.
1: Uh, thank you, Dr. Bassi, appreciate it. Uh, thank you for coming on with the future conversations. Uh, this has been episode six, and we have had a wonderful chat about obesity. Um, about obesity, how obesity is vacant in, in medical school, as well as government role in obesity. And finally, uh, Dr. Bassi's own personal entrepreneurial journey, journey to really deliver um, um, a whole patient um, obesity treatment. So thank you again, Dr. Bassi. I appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Derek, for having
0: me. I really had a good time. Thank you. Read the Future Conversations is providing this podcast for educational purposes only. Beat the Future is a nonpartisan not-for-profit. It neither takes any position on any political issue nor endorses any candidates, political parties, or public policy proposals. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by Read the Future. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement to them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by Read the Future employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of Read the Future or any of its officials.